Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela. And I'm Lori. And before we get into the episode, we hope you all enjoyed the holiday weekend and spent some time doing things that fill you up with joy. Holiday season is officially in full swing, which means the new year is just around the corner. So we thought now's the perfect time to share some of our practical reselling tips that we have learned over the last few years of reselling. Let's dive right in. We'll see you at the table. Hello, everyone. And hello, Lori. Hi, how are you? Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy weekend (laughs) of doing all the festivities. (laughs) We have that like tired, quiet voice, like, whoa. I feel like we need to be doing ASMR right now. Yes. And maybe we, we should whisper a lot of ravioli in turkey. <laughs> do you do ravs on Thanksgiving? Um, we did not do them this year because I didn't eat at my mom's house. I did at my in-law's house. So it was a lot of like turkey and like the traditional, traditional stuff for Thanksgiving. But there will be lots of pasta and things for Christmas. Don't you worry. All right. We got to make sure. Is your husband Italian? He is. He is like 75, 85% Italian and the rest is Armenian. So we're a big Italian family. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Lots of Italian food. All right. So we have some, some tips that, and and just like our insight on different things that we want to share with you guys. And they're not necessarily like, these are the top five tips that you should follow kind of thing. It's more of like our perspective on things and um, topics that maybe people ask us about or topics that seem, seem to come up in the community that we wanted to share. And the first one that we're going to start off with is quantity versus quality and like the debate behind that. I feel like this is always something that comes up in the community. And I think I can speak for both of us, Lori, when I say that like our motto is just do whatever is best for you, um, whatever suits your business model, whatever provides you with the revenue source that you need, like whatever it is that you need to do, if it's quality, cool, if it's quantity, good on you. Like we don't really take a stance on this. Um, do you agree yeah, with that? Not. Yeah, no, I mean, we have our, we have what works for us and mm-hmm. we have um, a perspective on our own businesses as they have evolved But I think a lot comes down to, you know, what's available to you if you're comfortable with online arbitrage, um, you know, if you're in cities versus rural areas, if you have a lot of sourcing opportunities, there there are just too many moving parts to say that any one way is what works. That's, That's just not how any business runs. No one model is the, the perfect model, you know? And I feel like as you grow as a reseller, you kind of waver between these two models almost like sometimes you become a quality or you focus more on quality, or sometimes you um, become more of a quantity because some, an opportunity came up and now you have a surplus of items and now you're in the quantity realm. So I feel like in instances, you're always bouncing back and forth between these two. Some people stick strictly with quality and that's fine. That's what they want to do. And that's what works for their business. And that's how they make their income. And some people um, in the community just like to focus on quality items and keep their inventory a little bit lower, or they do have a higher inventory, but it's just focusing on higher priced items or just items that um, I guess fall into that quality category, which could be by brand or by the actual piece, how it's made. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely on both. I mean, when I'm at the bins, I'm looking for qual- quality, but I end up getting quantity because of the yeah. price and just faster movers, like more like that eighteen to thirty dollar price range. Um, but my cost is so low. And then you know there are times where I'm shopping in a buy sell trade store and I'm maybe coming out with three or four items 
and I'm very selective and I'm clearly going for quality. So it honestly, for me, depends on which way the wind is blowing that day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. And you know, the thing that comes to mind too, is when you had that estate sale hall that you had and you, you did a big buyout and uh, you know, that put you in a big time quality, but it also had, um, it had quality and quantity is what I meant to say. Like you had both, you had quality pieces, but then you also had a surplus of quantity items. So like you can have both. It's okay to have both. Yes. And I'm, and I struggled with the quantity on that one. Um, because when it got like, I'm at the tail end of it now and some of the pieces, I know they'd be fine. I I just don't like have it in me. I've just kind of moved on and I just did another big buyout that I'll be talking about soon. Um, and it's, it's very different. It's a different buyout because there weren't many surprises. It was a lot more money. It's not going to be as profitable. Um, but I still did it because it will be profitable, but there were less items. Like there were over 250 items in that original buyout. And in this one, there were 55 items and it cost four times the amount. Yeah. It was still four times the price, but I'll be able to process it so much faster. So yeah, it's, you know, you just kind of look at each situation and, and see how it works for you. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, the next one we have here is Bolo Brands. And if you're an OG Thrifters Villa listener, you know the Take It or Leave It episode, uh, segments that we used to have on the podcast. So mm-hmm. And uh, that's kind of our take on this Bolo Brands. Do we take it? Do we leave it? And I think overall, Bolo Brands is like something that you start off with when you're in the reseller community. You start off learning all these brands. These are things that you see and things that you research and things that you create lists of and it's how you, you kind of get initiated, I guess, in the reseller community is all these different bolos get thrown at you. And you're like, oh, there's all these brands that I never knew existed that people are looking for. Um, But I also think that while it is in the beginning stages of being a reseller, sometimes it can become a little consuming to the individual because you feel like you have to continuously focus on all these brands. And I think there's so much more to bolo brands than just the actual brands themselves that you have on this list. Yeah. And I mean, I think- Depending on the person, some people weigh Bolo brands heavier than others. Sorry, Jay's taking in the groceries. That's okay. The other room. Um, yeah, like I, I don't know that I ever really got caught up in Bolo brands. I mean, I definitely enjoyed learning about them and would follow certain people to see like what they were picking up. Sorry if my sound is weird. No, no, I'm no, it's fine. Room, here we go. Um, but yeah, I think you can drive yourself crazy with Bolo brands. Um, and I'm seeing it right now with Amazon. There are certain things that people are out. And I've learned about myself that I'm I'm actually not much of a chaser of brands. Um, I appreciate them. And but but I I have found that for me, what works best for me is making the best of what's kind of in front of me and I have access to. Um yeah. Sometimes I'll try to manifest it. When I go into a place, yeah. I'll have a moment of silence. I'll, yes. you know, make the sign of the cross as yeah. I walk in and pray for a certain brand, but it sometimes it work. works. Sometimes, sometimes it works, you know, sometimes, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I do think, but Bolo brands are also very fun. It's exciting mm-hmm. when you find a brand that everybody's talking about, like, you know, it's like you get initiated into the club when you post the first pair of Rothy's that you found out yep. or a pair of teeth. Um, and it's, it's kind of funny, you know, but there are things that may, and it, it, what's funny about it is there are things that we have probably both 
made much higher profits on that nobody is talking about yet we'll post when we find the teaks because that's what's exciting in the community right. so right then 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 you can see where that can then lead to somebody getting very caught up with certain brands if they don't know brands um I guess when I started, I I considered that I had a fair amount of knowledge with brands. I liked fashion. You liked fashion. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of resellers that get into reselling with really not much prior knowledge and not really a passion for fashion. Like, like we happen to have, um, and then there are other people that, that are resellers who don't even sell fashion. And, you know, it's just like totally different Bolo brands, but it's interesting to see everybody's backstory, why they get into it and the impact that Bolo brands can have. Um, but yeah, and I also agree with you, certain brands may be known for a particular category and, uh, and people may not know that. So they, they find, they find insert whatever brand and right. it's, it's kind of a category that doesn't sell so well. And then they may be very disappointed when it doesn't sell or it's an outdated style or all those things we talk about you know, what can kill a Bolo brand if you're not careful. But that's a real thing. And I, th- I think that's why like Bolo brands are great to like start you off with, but those Bolos change all the time. And what was once a Bolo is no longer a Bolo six months later sometimes. I mean, look at those, remember the North Face jacket, the brown puffer jacket that was like huge. And if you found one of those, it was like hundreds and hundreds. And then it slowly started to fizzle again. Like at that moment in time, that specific North Face was a Bolo. Yeah, and yeah. I feel like we see this. I would throughout. still be pumped if I found one. Oh, I, I mean, yes, me too. Right <laughs> but even like even Rothy's, for example, like yes, still hyped up, and people still love to find them. But I I have to say, the resale on the majority of them, if it's not like a limited edition or something like that, tend to not I mean, be average. as high as they used to be. It, oh yeah, it's definitely definitely. Um, you know, because I've run comps, I've been in a situation where I could pick up. Rothy's for like 20 or $30. And maybe they're just like a basic black pair, maybe not yep. 20. I think what I'm thinking of is when I was in um, Northampton mass and I was in a, like a, a boutique, like a consignment yeah. store and they were like $35. And I was like, I, I don't know. Like, I wasn't sure, mm-hmm. like you would make money for sure, but I don't know. It's not like it once was. No, right. But I think that's important to note too, when it comes to Bolo brands that it's ever evolving. So like you can start off with a list and it can be completely different six months, eight months, 10 months, 12 months down the line. It's just, it's constantly changing. If anything, I think Bolo, Bolo brands and Bolo lists are great as like a reference point, like something for you to look at, for you to research these brands, to see what sells really well in this brand, like what category sells really well. And then like use that information to your advantage, depending on where you source and what you have um, accessible to you, because not everyone is, has accessibility to all these different brands, depending on where yeah. you're from. So maybe you look at these brands and you look at the styles and what's trending in these brands and you use it to find pieces at the bins or at your local thrift store that mimic what these other brands have in store. So it, like you can use it in a different way. It doesn't necessarily have to be a list of items that you need to find at the thrift store. Like that's the way I like to look at it anyways. No, that's actually a good way of looking at it. Cause I'm kind of anti bolo lists. Um, I, I shouldn't say anti, I, ju- I just think they're a little overrated and, and I am super cautious about ever like, um, I don't know, saying like this works or this doesn't, I know. you know, that's kind of like, this a, works for me <laughs> this week, this day, this right, hour, right, today. <laughs> you know, this present moment. Um, 
But I do think that that's a good point. That's, you know, to use it as a reference and see, but I kind of feel like if you're at the bins, yeah, maybe like, I feel like I have recently, and I, I, I can't for the life of me think of the brand right now, what it was, um, where you kind of hear it somewhere in your subconscious. And like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't even know where I heard this brand, but I was probably watching a video and someone said it yep. was good. Or I saw somebody who sold this for good money. Yep. And somewhere in the back of my mind, like something's making me check the comps on this. And then you look and you're like, oh, that's why. Um, and sometimes you're disappointed though, too. But yeah. And I suppose if you had a list going, um, like my friend, Jessica from, um, Yes. JS Jess has a list. So yes, she, she does. keeps a running list. Um, and that's kind of the way her brain thinks based off what I know about Jessica. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, she kind of has like an evolving bucket list. And, and I do think like with anything, like with planning or writing things down, if you write things down, if you're referencing things all the time, eventually they'll stick. It takes mm-hmm. a lot of views for my brain for something to stick. <laughs> if I see it once, I don't know that I'll remember it, but if I do write it down or reference a list or something like that, it's good. It's good to know. Yeah. Um, visual references yeah. are really great. And there's one person in the community, um, Mogi Beth, who does bolos on her stories all the time. And I actually just referenced it in one of my latest hauls because that came across this brand and the name sounded really familiar. And I know I saw it by clicking through stories and it was Mogi's story. When I started like researching, it was like, oh, I think Mogi posted this in the summertime was like a swimsuit thing. Yeah. yeah. But like visual references, whether it's writing or actually physically seeing a brand is a great way. And I think as time goes on, um, we've talked about this before. We probably talked about in in our videos about it too, is you'll notice different things about brands that you don't necessarily need a list for. It's like, you'll notice the tags are a little bit different when the brand is a little higher priced and it's stitched a little bit differently. And the quality feels a little different. Sometimes it just goes by off of feel and what you see and you don't need the list, right. To tell you that this is a good brand. Right. That's why we talk about fabric content a lot. Like, and I know, like we always talk, I always talk about, uh, alpaca. Like if it has alpaca, even if I don't know the brand, that's going to be a keyword that's going to go in my title. And I think it pulls a little bit of weight. Maybe it's not the end all be all, but I mean, I think it's, it's a little standout fabric content that, you know, people like natural fabrics. They do. And especially right now, like cottons and linens and all of that is very much what people are sustainable. So it's kind of, it's Mm -hmm. in sync with like what is also pretty popular right now. Agreed. And I think, Lori, you touched upon upon this too, and I just wanted to reference it. Sometimes the name doesn't always equate into it being worth reselling. Like the brand doesn't always matter. You may be really excited for it, but buyers are not. Or the the amount of money you can get for it just isn't there in the way that you think it should be there for. And those are things you learn (laughs) with experience. Yeah. And, and those are things that are changing. So like, like you said, you know, what worked and, um, I was just talking, I was just doing a video today for, for my recent buyout, um, that will, will go live in a, I don't know, upcoming week or so. But, um, I talk about Uggs, apparently Uggs are back. This was news to me. I have feelings um, on it, but okay. (laughs) Um, my, I mean, when I say Uggs are back, I mean, according to they are the back. People are buying yeah. them again. They are. They're um, buying them again. And I don't know if it's like the classic tall ones are back. If there's a certain vibe, if it's the Bailey button that's back. Like, I don't, I don't really know. Yeah, I don't know which is one back. is back. Um, and I said in my video, I've kind of been where, I mean, I've wore 
Uggs to the bus stop and I will continue to wear Uggs to get the mail and to get groceries. Like there's really nothing easier when you're barefoot to like slip on your feet and go mm-hmm. out. I mean, Uggs also, it's like for me when I wear Uggs, it's like wearing my glasses. Like they make me feel tired. Like there's nothing about Uggs that make me want to be ambitious. Right. Um, <laughs> but they're so damn comfortable. And like I, people pass on them at the bins. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Beautiful. Uh, sorry, friends, we got cut off. <laughs> we are back. Exactly. We are back. We were talking about Ugg boots. Yes. Um, I don't know how much time we want to spend on Ugg boots, but I mean, that- I think I think it was good. I think the the moral of the story here is that things come back, things fade. It's just mm-hmm. the way it is. Yes, that's how is. fashion works. <laughs> so I'm kind of excited if Ugg boots are back because they totally are because I've noticed they've been hyping them up on different like department store websites, like big sale on Ugg boots, and I feel like I've seen teenagers talking about them which is wild because that's that was big when when I I want to say I was in high school when Ugg boots first started to become a really big thing early 2000s and it was something that I really wanted and then I couldn't have them because they were really expensive so I bought like knockoff American Eagle ones or like Bath and Body Works came out with one I remember I was working in Bath and Body Works when they came out with like this pretty floral Ugg boot looking thing and I bought them and they were $30 or $40 and it was like this big deal I spent $40 on them yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Well, they were, they were on Angie's Christmas list. So oh. I think they're going to go into her thrifted box. I will find her a thrifted. You pair. will find a pair of thrifted. No problem. I, you can I, clean them up if you need to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. The next thing we have here, and this is something that um, we've both talked about and a lot of people talk about, and it was a big topic during uh, the pandemic, and that was reselling on multiple platforms. It does not need to be your business model, but it can be if you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that last year in particular, especially with Clubhouse, we've talked about this, multiple platforms became a big, big topic of conversation because of the different um, listing tools that are out there, whether it's Vendor or List Perfectly, whichever one, and there's other ones, Prime Lister, there's so many of them now out there. Yeah. Um, and I think people wanted to have more eyes on their items. So more buyers to be able to purchase these items. And I think it became a really big thing last year when it was like, all right, well, what do we do as resellers? How do we get our items in front of more people? People are home, people are online more, but you know, I want to have more opportunity. And I think that me personally, I have learned that there are really only two or three platforms that I really care about. And then everything else can kind of go off to the wayside. Like it's not something that I want to focus on as much anymore. Yeah. And I mean, those platforms may be different for different people and some people manage it better than others Agreed. and have uh, more organized systems. Maybe they have less inventory. Maybe they have help. Maybe they're just more organized than I am. Yeah. Well, Um, I find it to be very time consuming because even if you have these different listing agents, right? So let's say you have Vendu and you can delist and relist and all these different things. 
I still find it to be time consuming for me. It's like, all right, now I got to delete it. And then I got to make sure that everything is cross posted. And, and then there's all of this other stuff I need to worry about. And are all my item specifics on eBay? I don't really know. And the buyer landscape is different. There's just a lot of other things you need to think about when you focus on just one. It's like, I know it's one thing and I know it well. Yep. I mean, it, it, it depends. Like it mm-hmm. felt like it took me a lot longer, you know, before I really started doing it consistently. Yeah. And I know like if I happen to draft something in eBay now, which is almost never, but yeah. like, it's more, it's more if I like go to edit it and then I'm, I'm in eBay. I'm like, wow, this, this is so different. Than it's Vendu. wild. So different. Um, and there are things like Vendu doesn't account for global shipping. There's no button to click on global shipping. So I have to go in manually and do it. Um, but I have gotten really faster at it. And I leave out a lot of the optional fields. I probably fill in a quarter of them. And sometimes it's easier than other times. Like if there's a pattern or a character or a theme, or if I know a lot about a subject, an item. Um, but I've just, I've kind of had the theory, like um, something is better than nothing on yeah. eBay. And it has made a difference. And I mean, I don't, but I have settled on eBay and Poshmark. Um, Facebook Marketplace uh, is one that from Vendu, I, it just, I, I don't, it's just, it's just not yeah. my platform. It's just not my platform. Um, Mercari is so simple. Once you've done Poshmark, I mean, it is literally 12 seconds. Yeah, And I've been lazy on that one because that takes almost no time. Like once eBay is done, it's like, you can basically put it, push it out to everything, but yeah, it's not for everybody. And I, and I think it was kind of the perfect storm with, um, with clubhouse and the pandemic and the rise of all of these platforms. I mean, people have been cross posting long before oh, the yeah. services helped you yep. do it. And a lot of people still do it very well without a cross listing service. Um, yeah, for me, and I've, I'm, I'm a little broken record on this for me, it is the D list relist feature because that's what I struggled with the most. Because yeah. if I sold it on one platform, is it A, listed on the other platform and B, did I delist it off the other platform? Mm-hmm. And I would just go crazy. And, and to me, like, it doesn't matter what I'm, what people are paying on a monthly basis, like t- to have those two icons on Vendu and have them both be there and like, say it's sold on one and see it delist off the other. Like to me, that's what makes it worth for me. You know what I mean? Yep. And it's worth the time that I put in um, to, to have that feature. And, and it does actually make me some money, but again, it comes back to you do you, if it's something that's stressing you out, it's better to focus, I think on, on one platform, if you're passionate about one platform and you're going to really nurture that one. Yeah. I, I struggle with this sometimes. So I'm doing an experiment right now. I'm I've have 25 or 30 pairs of shoes listed on just Macari. I don't have any bites or anything yet, but I'm going to give it like three months. And I want to see if it's worth it for me to put certain categories like shoes and handbags on a specific platform that I know tends to do well with the, this category and kind of see what the turnover is there. And maybe that's the way I need to think about it for cross posting throughout the board. And I'm not just cross posting everything to all the platforms. I'm cross posting specific categories or specific brands that do well on said platform. Right. And I, and I feel like that's just how my brain works too, where Poshmark can be my main one where everything is listed on. And then maybe eBay and Macari are like my, my go-to for different categories or, you know, however I decide to look at it. Um, 
that's kind of where my brain's at with it right now. So I don't know. I, you know, I, I go back and forth with wanting to be on eBay, not wanting to be on eBay. If it wasn't for eBay this past month, I wouldn't have made as many sales because Poshmark has just been slower for me this month. And it happens. It doesn't matter what platform you're on. This happens. You have lulls, you have ups and downs. So if it wasn't for eBay this month. I really would have made nothing. I would have never mm-hmm. reached my goal financially, what I, what I wanted to do. And I think I'm still might fall a little short of it, but it's fine. Um, you know, it, it's nice to fall back on another platform sometimes. I think when we're so reliant on one, like you and I are with mm-hmm. Poshmark, when you make a sale on eBay, you're like, you do like a little happy dance, you know, yes. or, oh my gosh, somebody sent me an offer on Mercari. What? You know? Yep. Yep. I made a sale on Tradesy, you know, like, which yeah, happens. like I look at Kathy at Ginger Marvin and mm-hmm. she is rocking so many platforms and she does those sales videos and she has piles and you know, she also is with her husband. And yep. so right there, that's double the manpower. Um, and so that's why I always say you have to look at your own situation. Like, so, so for people who may, and I'm not taking away from what they're doing at all. Oh yeah, no, absolutely not. They're a power couple. So in fact, I wanted to give them a little shout out because they just released a video um, and they have a free, free uh, spreadsheet. And it looks oh. really good. I didn't get through the whole video, but like they give you a link to download it. And it's a re- and, and I'm thinking it's got to be pretty good because they are damn organized from. What oh, I, can- I, I love them. They're they're such humble people, too. And I love so that about good. them. Love yes. that about them. Yep, they're so good at what they do. A lot of their success, and so uh, that I think that's part of why they're so successful. Um, but yeah, I am excited. I'm I'm going to download it because my spread my spreadsheet is like a hack. It's kind of a joke, but um, yeah, I'm excited for that. So I just wanted to share that. If you guys want to go check out one of their recent Ginger videos, Marvin. you get a free um, free download for yeah. cool and they have a great YouTube channel. They release videos daily, all so. the time. It's crazy. Yeah. They, but they um, release videos. But they're like, yeah, they're, they're pretty much like every day. <laughs> I don't yeah, know what's sold every single day, but you know what? They, they're just, they're just good in what they share with the community. And, um, you know, they just, they're honest. That's really all you want at the end of the day. You want honesty in the sense that they are a sweet, humble, yes, little couple who works really, really hard and shares content. And it's not like you know, they don't have all these special effects and different types of videos. Their videos are very similar, yep. um, but it's, it's like something you can always count on and rely mm-hmm. on. And you know, you're going to get really good information and you're just always knowing what is selling. And I, I like to hear about Kittison because that's a platform I don't sell on. Um, but like my past couple trips to the bins into, um, the garment district, I've just had a lot of kids clothes that were pretty decent that I ended up picking up. And I'm like, is it worth it to cross When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Just over there. It might be. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Some people have good luck with it. But like, you know, basically what we're saying here is, again, do whatever suits you and your business. And if you can financially afford a cross-listing uh, tool or you do it yourself, however you decide to do it, um, if you find that this is something that works for you and your business, then do it. 
We yeah, because as you, we waffle, you can just hear in mm-hmm. our conversation, the pros and the cons and what's good about it and what mm-hmm. takes time and what we don't like. And, you know, it, it, I mean, for me overall, I like it a lot yeah. and it's, um, it's taken some time to get used to. I don't think I would want to manage more than three. I think I could yeah. easily keep Mercari in the mix or add one other. I don't think I would want to do more than three. No. Um, me personally. I agree. But uh, yeah, like in, to your point with the categories, like I sold that elf on the shelf book this week. I saw that. Yeah. And that is something that I wouldn't think would sell for $50 on Poshmark, but eBay was my audience for that. Mm-hmm. Like media over there, American girl stuff. I like to list over on eBay. Um, I like to list lightweight things regardless of the category because it, I, people can get a break on shipping. Um I like to list heavy stuff over on Poshmark because I don't want to deal with shipping it. Even if it's a wonky thing, like I bought some toys for Amazon and they were oversized. So I didn't want to pay the extra shipping to send it FBA uh, in an oversized box because it exceeded the normal 25 inch, you know, uh, boundaries that we're supposed to adhere to. Um, So I'm like, well, forget it. I'm going to list these weird LOL toys on (laughs) Poshmark. Why not? Massive and they weigh like seven pounds and they're awkward packaging, but someone will only have to pay $7 and, and I, and it will be easy for me to ship too. So shipping for me plays a big part on where I want to list things. Yeah, I agree. And the other thing too, is if you are an electronic seller or appliance or, you know, in that realm outside of clothing, because there's a whole world of reselling outside of clothing. That's just what Lori and I are what we just lean towards is clothing. Um, Mm -hmm. eBay has been doing a ton of radio ads. So I was listening to a local channel, local sports channel, and they, every time, every, like, every time there's an ad break, I want to say there was either one eBay commercial, every other ad break, every time I was listening to it. And they're like pushing electronics on there. Like you can purchase brand new electronics on eBay at a fraction of the cost. You, you know, like you're dealing with faster shipping than with the supply chain issues that are out there. So there's Mm -hmm. definitely a push when it comes to eBay and their marketing right now, because this is their opportunity to really shine with everything going on. So, and they're definitely competing with Amazon as is Walmart. You know, anybody is trying to get a piece of the Amazon pie. And eBay is no exception. So, I mean, if, if they're, they're pushing new items, you know, those are from some of their, their very large stores. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? And interesting Absolutely. on a sports channel. Um, my guess is mm-hmm. they're also trying to target men over mm-hmm. there. Um, and I do think you get more men who purchase on eBay than on Poshmark. So I that's agree. interesting. That's interesting. Yes. Little tidbit of information. Mm, like uh, next up we have social media. We all love it, but it can be a tool and it can be a distraction. And I think when we first started out, or I know when I first started, started out as a reseller, I felt like I had to have a social media presence when I first started, or like you have to build the momentum and like these people are going to, I don't know, be your customers, which can be true, but it's like, you're in this little weird bubble when you first start social media as a reseller, you don't really know where you fit. And this is just me speaking from experience. Um, I'm sure others out there felt the same way or feel the same way. You almost feel like you're marketing your closet, but at the same time you're meeting people and you're learning and you're networking. And it's like this weird little mix of everything. Yeah. And sometimes it can be extremely distracting and sometimes it can be an asset to your business. And 
you don't have to be on social media to be a reseller. There are lots of resellers out there that are not on social media that are killing it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. They exist or they're on social media and they have like 2000 followers because they just don't care. And they're just focused on their business. And there's so many facets to this, but I feel like when you first come into the reselling world, and I'm sure any niche market out there, you feel like you need to build your presence. Like hitting that first 10 K was such a big deal. Even just eight, nine months ago. And now it's like not talked about because anyone can link in their stories now. Mm -hmm. Your brain needs support and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a milestone's a milestone. So not mm-hmm. just for the swipe up or link, you know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I have mixed feelings on this too, because I was a reseller for, um, I was at American girl for almost 10 years and then, well, eight, eight years. Cause I took two years off. And in those two years I was reselling on mm-hmm. eBay and, um, and I actually just felt kind of alone. I, I didn't yeah. not like in a sad way, but I just, I, I didn't know there were YouTube videos on reselling. I didn't realize there was an Instagram th- and I don't know. It was kind of just like, I was coming off of heavy duty, mommy duty, you know, and like looking for a little extra money. And I've always been pretty comfortable with reselling and on eBay, but it really, for me, wasn't until I tapped into the community that I really dug in. So for me, not my own social media presence, but the social media presence of others who influenced me and inspired me was really important to me. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I really like couldn't get enough of it when I first started. And I still like to consume. I'm more of a U- YouTube consumer Me too. than I am Instagram. I feel like Instagram is a lot of just like, Lori, put your phone down and get the hell out of bed and shower <laughs> and go like do your shipping. Like nothing productive is happening right now where at least when <laughs> I feel like it's I'm true. learning something when I'm on YouTube, regardless, like whatever I'm watching even if it's just entertainment, like it's, it's just a different feel. Like mm-hmm. I, I scroll through Instagram and um, yeah, I'd love to see everybody's updates. I love to see what people are selling, excited for people and whatnot. But then I'm like, Jesus, where did that hour go? <laughs> I'll never get that back. It's so true. I, um, I like Instagram for motivation sometimes, right. To see what other people are doing in the community and what they're finding and their experiences with different things. I like to use it as a tool to learn. Like I go on the explore page and like click on different hashtags and stuff that I like to follow. And you're just kind of like seeing, but it is like an endless pit that you just keep going and keep going. And it's hard to back away sometimes. Um, there's good things to social media. And of course there's the negative things. There are things that happen, you know, and on all different niches, all different, uh, communities, there are things that go on that, you know, happen Mm -hmm. in every, happens in the YouTube community. It happens everywhere. Right. And it's just a matter of like what you focus your time on. And um, I love one of the things I love about Instagram is when I see someone who, who starts out and really isn't sure what their voice is going to be. mm -hmm. And, um, and then as their YouTube channel grows, not, and I don't even mean by numbers as they get more comfortable on YouTube and they post more and they, they find their voice. Um, 
I, I like to see how people's personalities come through. Um, like the people who are creative with reels. Um, yeah. And who's our friend up in Maine? I love Marissa. Marissa. I've been loving Marissa's yes. Instagram. And like, she's always doing like these fun uh, reels. And she's she's kind of turned into a bit of like an inspirational type of person mm-hmm. on Instagram for me. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily how she started. Um, mm-hmm. So I kind of like to see the evolution of people and their businesses and their personalities come through. And in some, in some ways, it's just the opposite. I'm like, yeah, I'm not so interested. <laughs> anymore. I'm just going to click off now. Thanks. Have a good day. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, take it all with a grain of salt and have fun with it and try not to have it so- be such a time sucker, but, but that's with anything mm-hmm. for anything. YouTube can be a time sucker topic. too. If I find something that I'm so interested in, and then I just start going down a rabbit hole of like, oh, I just keep going and keep clicking. YouTube rabbit holes are brutal. They are because then you're like staying up and it's late and you're still listening or watching things and you can't put it down. It's just as bad. I mean, it's, it's the same thing. It's just a different format of what you're, what you're doing. Right. So, but it's all helpful. Yeah, but then I, feel, I feel like I get some value out of that though. More yeah. value than I get out of Instagram, I think for the most part. What I do, this is just like a little Lori-ism. <laughs> um, <laughs> when I print my, um, my shipping labels in yeah. the morning, I print them on my computer. So I can toggle between a YouTube video, but there are YouTube videos that I will go to bed and be like, just go to bed. I mean, I'll probably watch some too. Who yeah. am I kidding? But then I'll say this one, like, let's cut it off at some point. And then watch this in the morning. So I'll print my labels and I'll go downstairs and I'll get all my inventory. And when I come up and package, that's my happy place. I heat up my coffee when I go downstairs to grab my packages. Mm-hmm. I come up, I set, I set, set it up. My labels are all done. So it's not going to distract me anymore. And then I watch whatever video is inspiring me at that minute. And then my shipping goes by so quickly. And yeah. That's kind of what I do with certain YouTube videos that I want to like share and, and, and pay attention to because I'm like sitting and shipping. And so it's right there for me, as opposed to like, you know, walking in and out of the room and like kind of listening to it and whatnot. So yeah, it's hard. I'm I'm not the most disciplined human. (laughs) It's hard when it's content you really like, it's hard to be disciplined. But yeah. yeah, I mean, the social media is something that we both will keep in our business models. It's things that, you know, something that we, and social media is everything. It's YouTube, it's all that stuff and it's something that we enjoy, but we're just mindful. So that's all, just be mindful. Yeah. Another thing is uh, you were talking about how it's weird when you get started. And I've mentioned yeah. this before that when I first got started, I wasn't sure who I was talking to. I'm like, am don't I talking know. to the resellers or am mm-hmm. I talking to people who I want to sell my stuff to? Correct. And it, or is it both? Or is it both? Well, it's, it's, it's definitely evolved into both. And then I remember feeling really weird about telling family about my business channel uh, handle. And now I don't use my personal one anymore, but that's like a problem with my family too. Like I, my kids get really mad at me when they're like, mom, if you were just, if this was like your mom account with 300 followers, I would have no problem if you plastered my pictures. Cause it's like Facebook, nobody's looking at it. <laughs> So Thank true. you, kids. Um, but but they said, you know, I, I we don't feel comfortable with you sharing some of the stuff on your business Instagram account that reaches mm-hmm. more people. Like I just so I like if if I ever post a picture of my kids, um, I'm asking for permission. Yeah, before I do it, because they just I mean, some kids love it. Some kids can't get enough, and they want it, and they want to be in their parents' videos. Not to my children, yeah. maybe Rocco. Um, <laughs> Rocco, but like Angelina just switched her settings. Um, shouldn't tell me. I just noticed one day that she doesn't have a 
like count mm-hmm. on her Instagram. It just says so-and-so and others liked this photo and it doesn't say how many people. I was really proud of her for that. Mm-hmm. I was like, like she, I think since I got more involved in social media, Angelina has gone the other way. Like she wants less and less to do with it. She rarely posts. She rarely shares. I know there are Snapchat stories, private stories that I'm not privy to. So I think she's sharing <laughs> plenty on those. But you know what I mean? Like I, I do think yeah. it affects people in different ways. And certainly in this household, she has, she's gone in the other direction for sure. Well, it's boundaries. And you learn that as you go. Oh, yeah. and, you, and you learn. And like, I have boundary issues too. So get, she has to create them for me. Lori's getting real personal today, guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's move on. Well, our last practical advice that we want to give to everyone is just have fun. Like just have fun. You're doing this, whether it's reselling, whatever it is, you're doing it because you enjoy it and you love it. And it's something that brings you joy and the journey of it should be fun and the process should be fun. And there are stressful things that are going to happen. That's just the way the world works. But at the end of the day, network, make friends, learn all the things you can learn and just enjoy it. Like we could rattle off a bunch of tips and tricks and all that fun stuff. But if you're not having fun while you're doing it, then why are you doing it? Yeah. Well, people are doing it to make money. Well, that too. You know, but yeah. So sometimes there's not fun involved with that. But I mean, generally there, I think there's enough in uh, reselling like different parts of it that you can kind of go towards what is fun for Mm -hmm. you within reselling. You know what I mean? And whether it's what you sell or where you shop, or if you're online arbitrage, or if you would rather like pick through the bins, like there's a lot under the umbrella. So yes, go to what kind of makes you happy. And I think you'll be more successful if you're doing what you love. Yeah. And if that's creating social media to motivate others and motivate yourself, cool, do it. If it's creating a YouTube channel, even better, like, you know, whatever it is that's going to be that fun outlet for you within your profession then I say you hold on to it. You know, I don't have very much, very um, many fun instances in my full-time job. I look at spreadsheets a lot and I look at policies a lot, but I do find things that I, that I have fun with in that world that I'm in eight hours out of the day, seven hours of the day, however long I'm there for, you know, maybe it's creating different organizational charts and stuff like that, which sound really boring to some people. But to me, that's my fun element in my job. And in reselling, that is like my total creative outlet Reselling to me is still a job. It is my second job, but it's something that I try to have as much fun with as I can. I try to do things that make me feel good. I try to create content that I enjoy and um, I don't necessarily, and I've learned this with time, I don't necessarily want to be pinned into one specific corner when it comes to YouTube. I want to be able to do multiple things. I don't want to stay in one bubble um, because there's more to me than just reselling too. Like I love fashion and I love beauty and I love fitness. And I love all these different things. And uh, reselling has given me the opportunity to, to speak on it on YouTube, which is great, but that can evolve and change over time. Um, and I think creating systems that make you feel good because there's always going to be things that are boring or not fun to do in any sort of business or anything that you do in life. But if you can find a way to have it serve a purpose and have a system that makes you feel good, then it aligns with what you want, then do it. Well said. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Getting off of my soapbox. Thank you very much. No. Um, Yeah. So those are some reflections, I guess. Yeah where we're at and uh, 
yeah, for the new resellers out there or, or seasoned, whatever. Yeah. Sometimes it's good to just hear other people talk and you're like, oh yeah, no, I, I feel that. Yep. Yeah, I get I'm it. sure there's some people nodding and some people shaking their heads and you know, like, what is wrong with you too? Yeah. Everybody has a different <laughs> thing, but yeah, let us know on our Instagram page because Daniela always posts the episodes. If you have any practical tips or practical tips yeah. um, that you would like to share, we'd appreciate it. All right, everyone. We will see you next week. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanksgiving. Bye.